Hey guys, it's pretty windy out here. I apologize for that. I'm going to try and shield the microphone a little bit. But uh, today we're going to talk about advanced Azure networking. And that's kind of appropriate because I am standing in front of NASA's VAB. That's right. That's where they make the big rockets. All right, Lex. So, uh, so what I have at my uh, my home network, um, and that's I have actually two subnets at home. I'm a super geek. Uh, I have a, um, a a a dot a dot one network and a a dot uh, two network, and one's for Wi-Fi and one's just for for the LAN. Um, so, and uh, I have my uh, my Ubiquity uh, router that I, I have sitting um, sitting at home, and that and I have a a site to site um, tunnel created to a network that I have in Azure, and just I'll just say this is the Azure side. Um, so on on the Azure side, I have a VPN um, a gateway that I'm actually connected up to, and within uh, Azure, I have. A couple of VNets, but I'm, I'm going to start with the uh, you know, kind of the, the simpler of the of you know the, the first part of the discussion that we're going to talk about here. Um, so, in this VNet is a um, 10.0.x.x, so it's a, a slash you know 16 subnet. And in here, I've got a couple of VMs. So I have uh, you know VM1 and VM2, and this is 10.0.0.5, and I've got a 10 that zero that zero that four um, so um, so you know what I can do from my machine that I'm actually connected from home on is is connect you know through that VPN tunnel through this gateway and actually talk to stuff sitting in this network over here using the 10 dot addresses using the 10 dot addresses you got it yep so what I've what I've got what will uh, um, Let's go ahead and walk through the portal here first, and I'll show you how I have it configured in the portal, and then we'll um, and then we'll we'll show you it in, in action. Uh, so this is uh, the Azure portal, and I've got a couple of um, uh, virtual networks sitting here in this. Um, uh, I'm actually on the the virtual networks page, so show, showing all the virtual networks that I have in my subscription. Um, so I'm going to go to uh, this Taste of Premier VNet. That's that's the the one of interest that I'm running on right now. Okay. And, just to prove my my whiteboard here, um, here's my 10.0.0 you know slash 16. That's my uh, my network. And if I go to connected devices, um, I've got a couple of machines. I actually have another machine that I'll talk about in a minute. That's actually whoops, I didn't mean to click on that. Um, I gotta wait for it to load here. Uh, close that out. Um, so uh, I have a couple devices connected, and you can see the 10.0.0.5 and the 10.0.0.4. So I've got two, uh, two. These are Windows virtual machines that are, are running right now uh, on this network in Azure. Um, so also in um, um, it, within this network, when you when you deploy a um, a, a VPN gateway, uh, you're using the the Azure solution. Um, so you know, just to quickly show how that how that works, like if I go to New and I type in VPN. Um, it'll uh, pop up here. Okay. Um, so th this is the the guy that I've got created. This uh, virtual network gateway. And you created that? I created this already. Yep. So I'm just going to okay. show you real quick in the wizard. 
um, you know, some of the things you have to define. So in here, um, our VPN gateway can actually work for an express route connection, or it can serve as an endpoint for, um, you know, an IPsec tunnel. Hey, does this mean I can set up express route without running the 50 different PowerShell? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you can set up the gateway without running 50 power, uh, PowerShell <laughs> commands. <laughs> um, but then, on, on, uh, you know, there, there's still some stuff you got to set up if you if you did that. Okay. Um, so, and there's also VPN uh, type. So difference between route-based and policy-based, my connection is policy-based. So, so that's more, think of that as more of a peer-to-peer, -peer, so it doesn't actually have the ability to define custom, uh, custom routes for um, uh, having, um, well, as an example, like if I had a bunch of Cisco ASA, um, you know, devices with, you know, with many branch offices, and I wanted to have all of those connect into an Azure gateway, Azure Virtual Network Gateway, um, and those are all different subnets, you know, different different uh, you know networks in my branch offices. Um, I have to be able to do that using a route-based uh, VPN uh, gateway to be able to allow, uh, you know, branch A to talk to branch B, and you know, for for all of those routes to be advertised. So that allows you to essentially build a routing table. Uh, yeah, there, there's some some other things. You know, it, it, it supports you know BGP and a number of other you know network uh, capabilities, but. Um, my VPN um, device only supports policy-based connections, so I, I, I have a, a cheaper uh, device that's not able to support you know, some of the, the advanced features. So you can see uh, the drop-down um, immediately changed to uh, just basic. But um, <clears throat> the, you know, this is, um, uh, I wanted to see if the, the drop-downs of SKUs. We literally last night made some significant changes for the better for VPN connectivity. So um, the basic uh, uh, VPN gateway supports up to 100 megabits of connectivity. Uh, the high performance uh, options, or high performance option rather, uh, sh will allow you to have up to 200 megabits of, of throughput. Um, many customers have you know, much more network capacity or internet capacity than that. And we just literally last night announced the uh, support for all the way up to 1.25 gigabits of throughput. Uh, so we have some new tiers. I don't know why it's not showing up in the in the dropdown for me at the moment. It, it, it was earlier, but I think it's still uh, still in the midst of being rolled out globally. Um, so you know you can you can pick a tier based on on uh, on speed and performance, um, and then you pick a network that you want this uh, gateway to live in. And the the thing that um, I was showing in my network that I actually have. Uh, me back up a little bit here. I actually have a uh, two subnets. Uh, back. Let me go back to my uh, my virtual network, and it's called Taste of Premier. Okay. All right. So in here, I've got two subnets. Um, I have a uh, um, two uh, slash twenty four subnets uh, specifically, and. Um, you have to have a subnet. I think it has to be a minimum slash twenty eight for um, for the gateway device to sit in. So we actually deploy some network infrastructure into that special subnet to be able to allow the VPN stuff to work. So in addition to the gateway, you know, we have you can. There's a couple different options for v VPN gateways. Like there's one that's a high performance one that we run in kind of an active active, so we can fail over. Um, you know, if, if one of them gets rebooted or if there's an issue with the, the hardware that's running on or whatever. So you need a, a it's more than one IP is, is the bottom line. So you need a subnet for that stuff to live in. So that's why I have this gateway subnet. And if I go into the gateway subnet, um, you see it, it shows me that all 250 addresses are available, but I don't actually have 
um, you know, all, I don't have all those addresses available technically because there's some that are actually being used actively behind the scenes by my, my VPN device. All right, so um, if I go to, uh, go back to my address space here. Uh, I'm sorry, connected devices. Um, and disregard the name, I was reusing that for some customer work that I was doing. Uh, so you can see this is a basic VPN gateway, policy-based. This is the, uh, the public IP address that my home router is actually connecting to. Um, and if I go to, to connections, I can actually see that my home network is, is in fact actually connected right now, which is a good thing. Um, so this is um, this is showing the state of affairs with my uh, with my tunnel basically. So um, you know, in, in my case with a, the uh, uh, policy-based network, I can only have a singular connection, so it doesn't support uh, you know any other connections other than what I have connected here right now. Unfortunately, just because of limitations with my router, but but if it was a, a more advanced or, or a more sophisticated router, I could connect up to. I think the basic gateway allows you to connect up to twenty or thirty, um, you know, branches or or devices up to a single gateway. Wow. Uh, all right. So so I've got this connectivity in place, um, and I'm going to switch over to. Um, this is actually a Raspberry Pi. Actually, I've got it sitting on my desk next to me. Are you sure it's not a Raspberry Pi? <laughs> Touche. <Yeah>, duly no <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so th this is uh, just to show you um, that this is representative of the picture I just drew. So I told you that I have two subnets in my home, uh, 192.168. One subnet is for hardware devices. Right now it's sitting on, the, on a, um, uh, I'm sorry, it's the other way around. This is actually the wireless um, IP address. Um, so uh, the dot two is the hardwired dot one is my my Wi-Fi network. Um, so um, on this machine, I'm going to actually ping the machine that I have running in Azure, um, which is 10.0. Whoops. Uh, yep, 10.0.0.5. Interesting. It actually yeah, that's me to... pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you see, I'm getting you know, about 30, 30, you know, the 35 millisecond uh, ping time going back and forth. That's a um, that's a Raspberry Pi bug. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and I could actually, you know, from here, um, if I went to remote desktop, I could technically um, connect up directly to that virtual machine if all goes well. Uh, looks like it's having some issues going over RDP. Well, we know you can get there, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I can get there. Um, so be the port that's blocked or something. Yeah, like that. actually. Um, so I, I looked at this earlier that we actually use a class A 10 dot subnet internally to Microsoft. So when I my, when my machine auto VPN connects, so I actually my routing table gets screwed up. So um, oh, okay, yeah. So that's why it doesn't work for my machine. Um, but it does. You know, I'm proving that I have connectivity from my home office to to Azure. And I actually have a remote desktop connection. All right, so uh, so this is the you know the, the 10.0.0.5 is the IP address of this machine. I'm going to yeah. ping uh, my uh, my Raspberry Pi, uh, which is 192.168.1.48. So I've got you know two-way connectivity here. You know the the routing table is actually getting advertised you know, from my home network into Azure and and vice versa. Yeah. Yep. So um, you know pretty easy and straightforward to to establish connectivity uh, that way. Um, so, you know, another thing that we'll try doing is, um, um, you know, let's say you have two networks in Azure, and I, I briefly touched upon this earlier with peering, uh, and I'll show you 
how I've got that set up here as well. So um, if I go to peerings under my network, um, you can see I, I just named it cross, uh, cross VNet peer. And if I click on this guy, uh, my Taste of Premier VNet is actually connected to another VNet called Cross VNet Routing Test. Um, and I literally just created that this morning just to verify all this stuff works. Um, and you can see that so they... That, I, hang yeah. on. So that's a second subnet in this the is cloud. A, this, this is a separate um, network in, a, in the cloud. You got it. Yep. Okay. So, so are these guys talking in the cloud with a virtual network or are they yep so that's a really good question so yeah. you know typically like when you have two networks connect um, you know as is the case with my network at home and the network i just showed you in azure um you'd have to have an ipsec tunnel between them or right. you know you have to have something in, in the middle um when you have two networks in azure that are that that in my you know that an individual user has permission to see you know they could be in different subscriptions in azure but you know, rec recall the limitation I, I stated earlier. They have to be in the same region. Um, yeah. As long as, as long as that that holds true, and you have permission to both, you can wire them up internally to Azure, and without any VPN devices, without any IPsec tunnels, without any other configuration or goo needed. And you know, the benefit to customers is that it's very high speed. And I talked earlier about the VPN gateway having a 200 megabit uh, uh, limit. And, uh, you know, that would hold true even if you had two VPN gateways deployed in Azure and tried to make them to communicate, you actually create a bottleneck in Azure or in the cloud. Whereas peering um, eliminates that bottleneck and just allows you to have um, you know, uh, many tens of gigabits of, of, of throughput capacity between the two of them. And so I don't think we, we technically advertise that, but it's a you know, very, very low latency connection. Is that in the technical docs? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can see the, the other requirement is that the networks can't overlap. So I had a 10 dot network, and just to change it up, I've got a 192.168, and it's a dot five network yeah. uh, slash 24. Uh, yeah, they have to I, be separate network address spaces because they're separate networks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're all kinds of stuff. And, and in fact, I think you it would probably be blocked if you tried to to wire them up and they overlapped. Um, but it, and if you saw earlier when I went to the address space of the network I was looking at earlier, it actually gave me a warning saying, hey, this network overlaps with another another address space. Well, they're separate networks. So it didn't, it's not really an issue because I know that they're separate network spaces. So it's not, not a problem as long as I'm not going to connect them up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so in this case, um, this is um, the, uh, uh, if I go to connected devices, so this is my 192.168 uh, network. Um, and I've got another virtual machine that's running in this network, and um, a uh, this uh, very large scale resolution is wrecking havoc on me here. I tried to tried to highlight, and I clicked on it. Um, so this is one eight two one six eight five dot four. So that's the IP address of my second VM, and I've also made this VM uh, internet accessible. And right now, I'm kind of glancing over that part. I'll talk about how that works in a minute, but I'm just kind of showing how you can wire stuff up at, from for starters. So I have a remote desktop connection uh, to that virtual machine, and this is, um, uh, you know, if I do an IP config on this guy, I can see that it is in fact 192.168.5.4. So it's, and I can see it's running. I can tell by the DNS name. This is this is running in the cloud. It's, I'm not, not doing any sort of smoke and mirror stuff here, um, and I, I just have this uh, this on my desktop just for for us to make sure I connect to the right one. 
So in here, I can actually ping um, the uh, the other VM, and you can see that I get you know one millisecond ping time. So that, you know very uh, you know very quick ping times between them, and I can actually I should be able to remote desktop. Um, so if I type in ten that zero dot zero dot five. Um, I'm actually going to be prompted for credentials. So I can actually remote desktop from one VNet in Azure to you know, a VM that's running in another VNet in Azure using that v, uh, VNet peering. Okay. I'm, I'm already connected to that VM, so I'll just uh, I'll skip out of that. You just have, you can tell that it's working by the ping time and that, and, just, and that it responded when I actually tried to remote desktop. So you, can, you can VPN into one of those subnets and get to the other subnet as well. That's... Um, not completely true. So that's a, that's ah. a really good question. So I'm glad you asked that. That um, when you use VNet peering, um, let's say you know my home network is network A. Uh, let me go back to to uh, the whiteboard just for. Uh, we'll go ahead and do a new one. Uh, What's going on here? Oh, I got to hit the plus button. There we go. Okay. Uh, so let's say my my home network is is A. Let's just call this home. And this is A. And this is the you know 10.0.x.x. .x, and this is the 192.168. You know .5.x. And so I can go I can go from from here to here and from here to here. I cannot go from here to here, and this has to do uh, with the way routes are being advertised. And um, I could, you know, put maybe a, a virtual device or a network virtual appliance, um, you, you know, maybe with, with two NICs that could, you know, maybe uh, that could sit on both. They mm -hmm. could do some. They could advertise some routing and create paths to be able to, um, uh, you know, to, to do that sort of thing. But, but um, the only way to be able to allow A to talk to C, you know, right now I've got A. Uh, with a VPN uh, gateway, and I could also have a VPN gateway here, um, you know, so that I, you know, so I could have two two VPN connections. Right. So uh, two separate routes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. And the other way that I could do it, uh, um, if I had an express route connection, I could actually enlist, you know, the the B network and the C network both in my express route uh, circuit and advertise them that way. So that's that's a little bit more sophisticated, but um, that's that's a good question. Yep. All right, um, so <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about how uh, network connectivity works. And I'm going to just create another another page here. Uh, plus, all right, bring this guy back over. Um, so let's just, uh, I guess I'm making everything red, not changing my color here. It just kind of looks really aggressive. I guess I could go with a little bit more muted color here. <laughs> uh, so. Um, let's say you know this is the the outside world. This is uh, we we'll just you know say this is the internet, um, and you know within and this is um, this is uh, you know within Azure, and this is a, a VNet in Azure. Um, you know so we'll say Azure uh, Azure VNet, um, and I've got my you know my 10.0.0.5 you know VM sitting in it. What actually and I'm going to change uh, change colors here again. So what actually sits um, in, in between the inner, the outside world and that virtual machine uh, is something called a, a network security group. 
And what that does is, let's say that I make a request, um, you know, to the public IP address. So in my in my example, I'm actually connected up to the public IP address that this thing has, not not the private. Like I can't connect to that, um, you know, to that private IP address publicly. So so I've when I built that VM, I, I had it create a, a public IP address. So we'll talk about how that works um, here in a second. But if I if I wanted to talk to a web server, maybe running on that box, so I've got traffic coming in over port 80. Mm-hmm. What the network security group does is it has uh, rules defined on it that says, "Okay, port 80, I'm gonna, you're good to go. Um, you know, we'll I'll let that traffic pass through." But maybe, um, you know, I've got, you know, let me go with another another color here. Maybe I've got, um, you know, port 53. Maybe DNS a DNS request. In this network security group, if it doesn't have a rule for that, it will not. Um, Pass traffic, you know, over to that VM. So this is so this is um, uh, you know how we how we well, one way that we protect one a couple ways we can actually protect customer assets in Azure by it's an only an opt-in and we um, you require customers to explicitly define what traffic they want to to flow in and out. Well, I was um, just going to ask you that. So yeah. so so who who configures the network security group? The end user, right? He he decides. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. What ports he needs open. So it's yep. essentially a firewall. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it does. Yeah. And there's some natting that goes on to be able to pass traffic back and forth. But sure. Um, yeah. And, and as we saw when I was connected to the the VM, um, the I, the the network interface on the VM doesn't have that public IP address. It's, it's got the, the the private IP address. Um, so you can create a network security group at a at an object level. If you recall in my earlier diagram when I showed how uh, Azure Resource Manager has virtual machines, VNets, and so forth. So you can actually associate a network security group with a with a VM, or I can I can put one you know at a at a um, uh, at a network level, and actually have you know many rules that actually you know has has routing rules at, at a you know at a, at a VNet VNet level. So. This time, you know, this this method usually is, is a little bit more more difficult because you have to have you basically have one location where rules for any VM that you have in your VNet would actually live, as opposed to doing it on a on a VM by VM basis. Okay, so let's look at how that looks like uh, in in Azure a bit. So I'm going to go uh, go ahead and go to my virtual machine. Just one quick point. So the NSG that's just for stuff that you want to make publicly available on that, the public. That's correct. Yep. Yep. Public internet. Yep. So I, I uh, this is this will be the uh, first time that we dive into the. So 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 far we've looked at everything at the network side. So so now it's going to go. We're going to dive into you know some of the the VM components and how you kind of bridge the two. Uh, so this is that VM that that I was connected to uh, um, you know a little bit ago. This is the 10.0.0.5 uh, uh, VM specifically. Uh, so if I go to network interfaces. Um, with the modularity of Azure Resource Manager, we now have the ability to add multiple network interfaces. Uh, so this size VM, I can have two network interfaces, and I think we support up to nine with some of the larger, uh, larger network or, or larger VMs. Um, so in this case, you can see I've got a public IP address and a private IP address assigned to this, and it's also showing me that I have this security group that is uh, associated with this network as well. So if I go, uh, go dive in here. And if I go to Network Security Group, it gives me a link to open up a, yet another blade to dive into the security group. All right. Um, so this uh, this VM, I've got a couple of ports that are open on it right now. I've 
I'm using this to do some automated deployment. This is, uh, if you can't tell from the name, it's you know, Windows 20 server or 2016 con, it's for containers. I'm doing some stuff with Docker. Um, so I've got a couple other ports that I have open. And, and in fact, actually, maybe um, from a security standpoint, maybe not the best thing to do, but they're wide open. Um, so in here, you actually set rules with priorities. Um, you know, that, that, you know, the first time it finds a, a, a match, it will allow uh, that particular traffic to flow through. Uh, so in the case of RDP connectivity, I can actually allow traffic from anywhere, or I can tell it that I only want to allow, um, you know, connectivity to port 3389 from a specific um, IP address range or a particular, you know, IP address. So um, if you had something public, you could actually use this as a way to, to further protect it. Maybe you had a you know, a, a remote branch office with a pool of public IP addresses, I could farther protect this this um, this machine publicly uh, to to not allow maybe you to connect to it over RDP, but only allow you know me to connect to it from my home office. So um, right now, you know, any is is you know literally means any. Um, tag, um, so tag has a a layer two for those if you're familiar with the OSI model. Uh, layer two is is you know kind of a step above the physical. Down. Yep, um, and um, you know it, a lot of you know the, the smarter switches support VLAN tagging, where you can actually have isolated networks in the same piece of of Ethernet cable. Yeah, tagging's a, a a little similar. We don't support layer two networking in Azure from an end end customer standpoint, but we do tag a couple of different types of traffic. Um, we have you know traffic coming in from the internet. Or traffic, and we'll talk about this in a, a minute. From you know, for to traffic coming in from the internet to a load balancer to your machine, um, or traffic that just sits on um, you know private private traffic. So in, earlier when I went to my uh, my other my 192.168 machine and I connected back to my 10.0.05 machine, um, that traffic would be classified as virtual network traffic. So it's all contained within that Azure region. So you can create a rule that only allows RDP connectivity for virtual network traffic. You know, maybe traffic coming over the VPN gateway, you know, to that machine. So, so it's just a way to kind of farther restrict. Um, and there's a, a lots of well-known services in here, uh, or you can actually just put in, you know, a custom uh, custom service. Um, and I'm doing a port redirection, um, or accepting traffic rather, on that, on that port 3389. And you know, passing it to port 3389 on the private IP address. Um, and I've got a couple other uh, you know rules that are open too for some you know WinR uh, Windows Remote Management and HTTP. Um, and you can also define outbound security rules that allows this machine to talk to another another machine as well. So in this case, it's just wide open. Um, yeah, so so this is this is how you you would you know further restrict or kind of refine what traffic we actually pass to uh, to that machine. Um, so another, so while we're on that topic, um, there is something called um, a network watcher, which is a fairly new thing that's in, and I say new, we're always releasing new stuff, but this is new within the past six, eight months, I think that this was actually uh, released. Um, this actually allows you, like if, if you wanted to do troubleshooting on a network in Azure, you can't, uh, you know, deploy a, a a appliance or device that has a promiscuous network listener or or a tool on it that listens to all the the network traffic. Um, it used to be you had to call support to actually get have us capture network traffic to try to troubleshoot something. 
Um, this actually allows customers to, um, to issue. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is pretty cool. And it, you can also see, um, you know, what the security groups uh, look like, what traffic uh, can actually flow. You know, the, what effective rules are in place, what traffic can flow back and forth. Um, it's got some IP fl uh, flow verification. So, like, if you wanted to actually verify traffic, you know, from an external IP address going to an internal IP address, will flow through the rules you have defined. This is a good way to test stuff. Yeah. Uh, hey, can we see? Can we do a real quick packet capture? Uh, yeah, we could. Uh, I, th I think we should be able to do that. Let's uh, let's go ahead and try uh, try doing one here. So, I'm going to pick our Taste of Premier resource group. Um, uh, so this particular, so what it, the, the warning it gave me is that the network watcher extension is not on that machine. And right. I'll show you, there's a spot on a virtual machine when we talk about virtual it's, machines. It's the Netmon agent of yeah, Azure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's a couple ways you can deploy it, but there's a really easy way to deploy it in the portal. Um, so I've got that deployed. Uh, so we'll just call it, uh, you know, test cap. Uh, and we indicate, you know, we have a need to have a place to store it. Uh, so let's go into an Azure storage account, um, and I can add some filtering to actually look for, uh, you know, conversations between two endpoints or uh, specific ports. Uh, so if I just hit uh, hit OK here, uh, should should be go good to go. So it should be you know, capturing traffic into that storage account. Wow! And it's going to create a. I think it's a, the cap file, I'm trying to remember the extension, but it's a common one that you can use. Uh, yeah, it's probably uh, a Wireshark cap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so, you, so you can pull that down from the storage account after you disable it and view it no different than you can with, um, you know, with those tools in, a, in an on-prem world. Yeah. So, how do you get the capture? So, right now, so I have it going to a storage account. Um, so, oh, so hang on just a second. Is it? Yep. Is it? Has it started capturing? It says it's loading, so it looks yeah. like it's still uh, still going. And so when it start, does the status change when it's capturing? Uh, yeah, it, it uh, that's my understanding. So yeah, there we go. Successfully. So it just told me it was successfully added. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and go back to here and to see if it see if it shows us any different status. Still shows loading. Okay. Yeah, and we so, can't hit stop yet, so it's still yeah, going. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still going. So let's see. Well, we we might be able to see uh, classic six thousand two. So I'm actually going to use a tool that is called the. This is a free tool. It's called Azure Storage Explorer. Um, I'm going to gloss over just uh, how to actually connect up to a storage account, but I, I I'm already um, I've already connected to it. So it looks like. Um, th this is actually a blob containers. This is where you know raw data would be stored. And it looks like it's not. Um, I don't actually see any other containers, uh, you know, that are created here. This is boot diagnostics data for a, a, a lab VM that I have. Uh, so it, ha it doesn't look it doesn't look like it started rolling in there yet. But we'll, we'll okay. check back and see if that if that rolls in. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that. Okay. All right. So. Um, you know, a lot of customers don't really know about this because this is, uh, you know, th these are some pretty cool, uh, cool things in here. And you can also see, you know, there's some details in here. Uh, we have limits on a uh, on a, a subscription that this will actually show you. you know, if I go to like East US, um, it'll actually show me. You know, I can have up to 50 virtual networks, and I'm using five in the East US. 
So okay. this will actually show you quotas. This is a good way to kind of get a summary of all of that. Um, and the, the other thing that it shows is um, uh, this is uh, you know, the, the network security group flow log. So a lot of times maybe for regulatory reasons or, or what have you that there's some uh, there might be some desire for, um, you know, actually you can see here that I'm actually starting to, you could, the evidence that I've actually started some network capturing. Um, so you can uh, see details of, you know, the network security groups that are active and actually see logs of those rules as they're, as they're you know, met and allowing traffic to flow through. So this is a, a good way for, for customer audit reasons to actually get, um, you know, get some of that, that visibility. Um, so in this case, you actually have to go to a particular network and, and point it to a storage account. And just like the network capture, it's actually going to be offloading all the logs in that particular storage account. So, um, so this is uh, you know some, some pretty pretty powerful tools that were were recently re released for aid and troubleshooting. All right, so we talked about VPN connectivity. We talked about inter Azure connectivity. And then we talked about how the outside world can talk to the VM. Um, and that's just at, at its simplest form. You know, outside world hitting the public IP address of our VM. Um, and if I go back to the VM just to, to show you one, one final thing on that. Uh, go back to network interfaces. Um, and this is the, the NIC. And if I go to IP configurations. Um, this is actually where you can, um, uh, you know, have you have some details to you know pick what subnet within this VNet that this uh, machine is sitting. And if I go into the IP config, you can see that I can actually disable the public IP address if I want. Um, right now, it's enabled because that's how I, I I was connecting to it for my um, you know earlier. Um, and I can can make this this IP address can be static. So one really important thing to note is that when you enable a public IP address on a VM, let's say you go through the portal and create a VM, that IP address is not static. So if you shut down that VM, maybe to save uh, save some money during off hours, and you right. fire that, that boy back up, you're going to get a, a different IP address. Right. Um, unless you actually go to that IP address and um, tell it that it is... Uh, static and and I can't do it from this screen. I'll show. I'll go go to another screen and we'll look at that IP address. So there's a a flip on there just like this where I can make this this IP address static. So so when I shut down this machine, it will always get that IP address. And that's the public facing IP address. This is the public IP address. Yep. Um, I can likewise do the same thing on the private side. It's never recommended to have a VM in Azure with a static public IP address. And by that, I mean where you go to the VM and actually change the NIC. That is not recommended. It, it would work, and it technically will work. There should be no, no technical issue with it. But let's say you need to move that VM to another network for troubleshooting. Um, or you know, download that VHD you know to to your own Hyper-V server to to figure out what's going on with you know some piece of software that's blowing up. If you have a hard-coded IP address, it might make that inaccessible. Um, so the recommended approach is to you know leave it to to dynamic on the NIC on the on the VM when you log into the VM, and you change it on at the um, you know the the IP configuration level within. Uh, on that network interface in Azure. So, so we kind of have two different NICs. You have the NIC on the VM when you connect to it, and then you have the NIC in Azure. So we're right now looking at the NIC in Azure. Um, and this is where you would make it static. So what happens is that VM would boot up. It would ask, you know, do a DHCP request. 
in Azure would actually dole out the specific IP address that you put in here. Cool. Um, so otherwise, it's uh, you know, by default the static. All right. So so um, you know that's how you just do you know one for one you know talk from a external endpoint to to Azure. So the final thing to to uh, discuss. Let me go ahead and go to make a new screen here. Uh, no. All right. I'll drag this back over. All right. So, um, you know, typically customers don't have just one VM. You know, they might have, uh, you know, a VM one, and you know, you know, all the way up to you know maybe ten or you know some number of machines that they want to load balance traffic to, and then also for availability reasons, you know, if something happens to that, um, you know, that machine, you still want your service or application to be up and running. So, so it's more typical for customers to have you know, multiple machines that they want to route traffic to. Right. And there's a couple ways you can do that. You know, one is by putting a uh, uh, um, a load balancer. I'll go ahead and would, would change a blue for Azure for, um, so um, call Azure uh, uh, Internet Load Balancer. Um, and this actually has the public IP address on it. And this, and there, when you create one of these guys, you actually create there's a, a what's called a backend pool. So there's a, a pool of addresses this load balancer knows about, which is basically the private IP addresses of all those VMs. So this will this is like a layer four type, you know, routing of of you know traffic just you know, and you can configure how this guy works if it's you know round robin, um, you know, or um, uh, or you know any any more. Uh, uh, you can actually do three tuple, you know, maybe, you know, source IP, destination IP, ports, or a couple different ways that you can actually route traffic to, you know, machines that are over here. And the, you know, the, the Azure uh, load balancer is aware if this machine goes offline, it's going to stop, you know, routing traffic to it. So this is kind of more of an intelligent, you know, load balancer that's aware of stuff in Azure. Uh, another option you have is, um, which is, I'll just call it a network virtual appliance. So this could be a Barracuda uh, Windows or a web application firewall. This could be, uh, you know, an F5 load balancer, and it works the same way. Basically, a network. Most of the vendors' network virtual appliances are Linux VMs. They have multiple NICs in them, um, and one of them would have, you know, the public IP, you know, just like our our uh, load balancer, and it basically does the same sort of thing. You know, at that that layer four type type uh, uh, level, um, layer four or, or layer seven, um, and I'll, uh, so we also have a third way that's called a application gateway. So this is more aware of protocols. This is a layer seven, so higher in that OSI stack. Um, and this too has a public IP. Um, and this actually, because this is aware of, of web traffic, you can do things with this saying, uh, you know, slash images goes to you know this server and maybe you know slash uh, uh, you know scripts um, goes to this server so you can actually set up very specialized routing rules because at a layer seven uh, you know a level this is aware of the HTTP headers coming through and what is actually making a request the application so can, layer yeah exactly yep yep so so this is an, a, an appliance that we actually have that you can literally go and hit you know I want a new application gateway. You know, it's a highly available, uh, um, you know, 
div you know, virtual device for all intents and purposes. You just can't connect to it. And this has some, um, you can't connect to it in terms of remote desktoping or SSHing or whatever. So it's, you know, it's, it's a package solution we have in Azure. Um, and we have the ability for you to also uh, enable something called the Web Application Firewall, where this does some, some basic checks for SQL injection attacks or cross-site scripting attacks. So it actually can, because it's aware of that HTTP traffic going through it, it can do a little bit more application-level inspection to try to you know, protect the machines that are sitting behind here. So uh, if you can read my, my chicken scratch, you know, that's, that's um, you know, a couple different ways that you can kind of load balance traffic. Um, and another thing that you can do that um, in Azure is you can actually have an internal load balancer. So we'll just call it internal load balancer. Really bad chicken scratches here. And it is exactly the same as this guy. Um, but the difference is that it actually has maybe you know, 10.0.0.6. It has an, an internal IP and no external IP. And it does exactly the same thing that this, that this guy does you know, where it routes, routes traffic to, you know, other VMs. So th this is, if a customer had a line of business application that they didn't want internet accessible at all, um, they can actually deploy one of these in Azure as yeah. well. So without having to use, you know, so one of these. just load balances between virtual machines. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I've got, a, I've got a machine that's maybe a client machine. It hits the internet load balancer that's set up virtually. And yep. that, that virtual load balancer figures out where the backend servers are and routes traffic to the... Yep. to the server that can best handle the request. Yep, you got it. That's uh, that's that's basically it. Yep. Cool. All right. So those are those are the ways that you can you know allow connectivity, kind of more complicated connectivity in, um, or more complicated scenarios rather. Um, so, you know, one of the, the the final thing that you asked about is creating a virtual network, and we'll go ahead and just do that as a final step here. Yeah, but don't uh, forget yeah. we've got a trace running. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll check back to that. Hopefully, we'll give it some time. I don't know how long it'll take. Uh, let me uh, do a refresh here, and I'll see if see if I got anything showing up uh, showing up in my. I still don't see anything in there yet. I know. So we'll have to see how long that takes. We'll, we'll go back to that. Okay. All right. So um, I'm going to create a a new uh, virtual network, and we will call it uh, LexNet. Um, and it's actually, so, um, uh, let's see, I'm going to put it in the, the, a resource group that I'm actually, so a resource group is kind of a way to contain, to group a bunch of components together in Azure. So I'm going to put it in our Taste of Premier resource group. Um, so this is the IP range, and I, I'm just going to leave it by at, at the default, so 10.3.0.0 uh, slash 24, so I get 256 IP addresses. And it's going to ask me to define a uh, subnet uh, by default. Um, so again, uh, if I wanted to connect this network to a VPN or, or use a VPN gateway in it, I would have to be aware of that when I created it to make sure I, I you know, leave enough IP or, or you know, ranges or, or large enough subnet for you know the VPN gateway to sit in. Um, in yeah. this case, it's you know they're both slash twenty four. Yeah. And li literally hitting create. So, so technically, the VPN gateway has to have one interface that's on your local network, right, in your subnet, and then one interface that's not, right. Yeah, and that's it's it's hidden away. I mean, if you saw when I went to my gateway subnet, I couldn't actually see the connected devices, uh, right. but it it just if you actually try to create a VPN gateway 
Um, and if I pointed a VPN gateway to that sub, that this network I just created, it would actually yell at me. It would say, hey, you need a, a dedicated get, a subnet just for the VPN gateway. So, um, But I just created a, a pretty simple uh, subnet. And if I actually wanted to, uh, let's just show you how easy it is to actually use that subnet. I'm just going to create a Windows Server uh, machine. And I got a couple basic bits of information I've got to provide it. Uh, we'll just call it uh, test server, just for sake of simplicity. Put in a username and valid password. So I have to get down to the next step, which is uh, where we really want to go. All right, so tell it to go into the Taste of Premiere. All right. That bottom part save up to forty percent of what. Yeah, if you're a customer with Software Assurance, you can actually move those licenses to Azure. So it's a way to actually save a pretty significant amount of money. Instead of renting the Windows license from us by the minute, um, you can just use that license in Azure. So, so basically, we we will charge those customers at the Linux rate. That's what that checkbox is for. Mm. All right. Uh, so. The final, this is where all the, uh, the good stuff is. So this is where um, I actually tell it what network I want to want this machine to live in. And you can see, I should see my LexNet uh, network. And it's you know, going to that uh, default subnet that I, I created in there. And it's going to create a security group, a new security group that's going to allow RDP traffic into this machine. So this is what's, um, that's how you, this is a, at a simplest form, how you would make use of a network that you create in Azure. Okay. Yep. All right. So cool stuff. I mean, any other uh, yeah, questions? Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Go yeah, stop yes. the phrase. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's go see what uh, what that guy's doing. All right. So we got Net Netmon installed, and I'm going to go ahead and open up the capture file that we downloaded from Azure Storage. Yeah. And give it a minute here to think. And it's loading parsers. Yep. Actually, I, uh, there we go. Loaded on my other screen. Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah. Yep. So there we go. So these are the conversations you can see, you know, between, uh, you know, that, that particular machine. Remember, this is at the 10.0.0.5. Um, it looks like it's you know, reaching out to some public IP addresses. You know, some of these are probably some internal uh, communication with the Azure Fabric, but you can you can do some you know pretty deep troubleshooting of all the conversations that occur yeah, between. Yeah, this this is critical. This is so yeah. awesome that we can actually trace in Azure. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a can't, some, can't do it with Office 365 yet. I'm assuming. No, I, no, no. That because <laughs> that's a because that's a public service and all every all customers run in a. Yeah. Uh, you know, the shared infrastructure. This is this is the customer's infrastructure. So yeah, there um, there would be no yeah. way to figure out. Yep. Which yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah, this is a that's a, that was a pretty cool exercise. I have to admit, I've not ever done that before. So that's yeah. So uh, do this. Let me show you something even cooler. Go up to Parser Profiles. Mm-hmm. Come down and select Network Monitor Profiles, and do Windows because right now you've just got the default parser set. Do you see all the Requires full common parser. Yep, stuff. yep, yep, yep. All that's about to go away. So in just a second, because we have the new parsers installed, the full parsers installed, uh, we'll be able to uh, 
we'll be able to read all that traffic. Oh, there you cool. go. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Okay. So now do this. Type in tcp.port. And the uh, filter. Yep. Yep. Exclamation okay. point equals. Not equal. Okay. 3389. So that would be all the non. Uh, and here, yeah, we're pulling out all the RDP traffic. Yep. Cool. There, there you go. There's everything well, the TLS that wasn't stuff, generated yeah. by your RDP connection. Very so cool. now you can actually look at traffic generated by specific apps or um, yep. uh, between specific IP addresses. And if you open up a specific IP address under network uh, conversations, uh, you've got IP address pairs there. Just yep, click yep. on one of them, open one of them up. You know, it's interesting. So I'm wondering if um, you know how we enabled the uh, the capture on there. I see a bunch of conversations going to Blob, Store, Core, Windows. I, um, and this is a storage account that I didn't create. So I'm wondering if that was a temporary, if if they, the agent running on that machine is actually streaming the, uh, or communicating rather with Azure Storage to actually put the, the parser data there. It, it could be. That's yeah. port 443. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Which so, which Azure Storage would communicate on? Yeah, so. yeah. So that could be what's going yeah. on. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so now see the IP address that you expanded out. You've got like a, a little yep yep UDP session riding on top of that IP address pair, and then that's actually SNTP riding on top of that UDP session. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Awesome stuff. All right. Yeah. So there we go. There you have it, folks. End to end, and uh, you know, this time you taught me something, Lex. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been doing the networking thing for about <laughs> twenty years, so. Um, yeah. And I and I love it, man. That's that's my favorite thing to do. You see how big the smile on my face is, right? <laughs> and it's yeah, because absolutely. because I just figured out that we could run network traces in Azure. Uh, <laughs> so now you have a, now cool. you have a reason to go go do some experimentation. So you can set up a lab in, so, in there. So so I'm I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna call you and get you to help me do it. And that was uh, good. Um, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm very excited about it. Um, uh, this is just awesome. And, uh, man, thank you so much for joining us today and showing us this. No problem, I that when we started this episode today, just for the folks out in, in podcast land, um, you know, we thought this would be 20 minutes worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we ended up at about an hour and 50 minutes. Uh, so yeah, this, this might be broken up into a couple episodes, uh, but uh, man, I can't thank you enough. This was awesome. Yeah, no, no worries. Yep, and uh, you know, thanks, thanks again for having me on, and uh, looking forward to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. So, folks, uh, that's really all we've got today. So, I'm going to say those magic words. That's your taste of premiere. <laughs>